Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? They're there. They're talk to them. Good. Can I? Yeah. I would love you to. Can I really? You know how I feel. Can I swear? I'm, I'm, absolutely. Ask your friends over here. All right. Fuck you. The Rogue of Wrestling, Michael Newman. Excuse me, Mr. Announcer, sir. Uh, I don't identify as male. Uh, today, I identify as an elephant. And the New Jersey kid, Joe Sheehan. Uh, sir, we do not identify by weight. That is prejudicial. <laughs> You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another exciting edition of the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. I am the New Jersey kid, Joe Sheehan, and my tag team partner is the Rogue of Wrestling, Mr. Michael Newman. How you doing this week, Newman? Dude, I'm fucking excited. I'm excited for No Mercy for a couple fucking reasons. One, I'm going to kick your ass and get the Super Smart Brothers title after the Bring fucking it, crazy draw that happened after SummerSlam. And we're going to be uh, getting together in person to watch it, so there's no shenanigans. Yeah. You're going down. Just saying. Uh, uh, all I'll have to say is bring it. You can talk all you want, but I'll be the one walking out with the title, so. So you, you think you're you think you're think the Enzo, or you think you're the Neville to my Enzo here? You think I'm oh, all I'm talk? definitely Neville. <laughs> you think, I can't fight? <laughs> Well, let me tell uh, you, you gargoyle, I'm going to knock you off your perch. Because you oh don't God. sell no merch. <laughs> Bada boom, realest guy in the room. How you doing? <laughs> it's like really a demented Enzo. Enzo. A demented Enzo. Demenzo. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're wrestling character. Demenzo. <laughs> oh, All right, so quick, quick side note. So you remember fucking playing D&D with me in college, yeah? Oh yeah, so I we had so this, much fun. I have this new villain that I introduced last week to the group, who just killed two of their characters, and he is Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I come in doing the character, I was like, "Ooh yeah, you're gonna die, motherfucker! <laughs> Let me chop off your head!" <laughs> like it's it's a lot of fun, but it fucking hurts the shit out of my throat. <laughs> So, like, the problem is, though, he's so fucking strong that it's, like, they're never going to fucking kill him off. So, like, I'm going to have to do that voice for a long-ass time. I might have fucked myself. Uh, please tell me he has a condominium on the moon. Oh, of course that's going to happen. <laughs> Maybe got me a little, little, little condominium on the moon, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Uh... So before we jump into uh, all the stuff we want to talk about this week, I do want to uh, bring up our thoughts and prayers go out to the family of Bobby the Brain Heenan, uh, who we lost this week, um, finally losing his battle to cancer and many other uh, ailments. Uh, I just got to say that one of probably the greatest heel announcer slash manager mm-hmm. the business will ever see. Oh, yeah. Like, without a doubt, he is in that conversation of best manager of all time. Yeah. And especially, too, because, like, you see that, like, the other guys that are kind of in that same conversation are guys that took a lot of stuff from him. It's the, oh, Jim guys Corm- like Jim, Jim Cornette and he then Paul, Paul Heyman, too. He, he took from Heenan. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That 
they, they he watched him and said, that's what I want to do. Like, no doubt. And like you, and you know what? That's that's one of the really cool things I think about the wrestling business is that it's like everybody's stealing from everybody. So like you kind of have to almost be open about it, otherwise you're a dick. Yeah, if you're like, no, I'm all original. Then, and it's like in, and I think that's one of the really cool moments too, where you get to see like the fan in a lot of the wrestlers because not every one of them is a fan. Like guys like you know Scott Hall don't give a shit, but mm. a lot of the other guys like you know they were fans of the business. So then you get to see their inspirations there are a lot of the guys that they were fans of Mm -hmm. so that's just really cool to see like you know just how much of a legacy bobby heenan has had in the entire legacy yeah and when you when you hear jim Cornette say things like he's had conversations with jj Dillon and paul heyman Mm -hmm. and all three of them have said that anytime a fan comes up to him goes oh you're the greatest announcer of all time they'll always go well bobby heenan's first and then then you can consider me. <laughs> and so, like, Cornetsu is like, well, if you have the three of us saying it, then I think Bobby Heeman goes down as the greatest of all time. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's, you know what, the other, the other thing that's really great that, um, I guess, I don't know if we've talked about this specifically, but the role of the heel commentator. Because, mm-hmm. like, on a commentary team, you know, really, ideally, you have two guys. And they serve two different functions. You have kind of the play-by-play guy who really is like showing you what the mm-hmm. art form of wrestling is, like the moves, the technical aspect of it, and also kind of playing like a little bit more of like the everyman yeah. perspective, like as far as like the motivation. Straight man. The straight man, exactly. And then mm-hmm. the heel is the character, the one who drives the stories forward. So like the play-by-play drives yeah. the wrestling forward, the heel, the color commentator drives the story forward and explains and it's always like good the character. Yeah, all that shit. Yeah, and when the the color comment can color commentator can also add in the color, so to speak, or the spice to it of just like why a guy might do something just like a little bit differently, or why he's going for that hold and things like that to really advance the story and like mm-hmm. up it from just like maybe the play by play just listing off the moves. Exactly. Um, and Bobby took that to a whole nother level. I mean being able to antagonize the baby faces and uh, really uh, sort of for like back up the heels, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he was great at. Well, you know, there's, there's a certain thing to be uh, said for how much like the commentators are, sp- are flavoring what you're supposed to be thinking about what's going on. So mm-hmm. they're supposed to show you why a heel is a heel mm-hmm. by like, you know, pointing out the things that they're doing and showing kind of the flaws in it. And, like, you know, in, in a way, that like, they're kind of also imbibing that same flaw sometimes. Yes. Like, by being over the top and ridiculous, then it's like, oh, well, you know, this guy's in the ring doing this, so he can't be cutting a promo. But this guy is saying what this guy's thinking, and he's ridiculous, so I know that that guy's ridiculous, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Bobby just did that perfectly. Mm-hmm. And him, oh, my God, him and Gorilla, uh, besides, like, I mean, because I grew up with Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler. Besides those two, two of the greatest duo that could ever announce together. Yeah. You know what? I was I was thinking the other day because like they they fucking put together excellent video packages to honor these guys. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you know, not only just like when they've died, but also like the Hall of Fame and all that sort of stuff. And they they pump these get these things out so fucking quickly. I'm having to think like whose fucking job is it to put together all these packages for these guys to honor their death? before they die 
just so that then when they do drop dead, they have the video that week on Raw. You know what I mean? Because that has to be somebody's job. They can't all of a sudden be waiting for somebody to die and then put the shit together. They have to put the shit together in advance. I mean, I think for the older guys, they could have it ready, but, like, do you well, think yeah, there's they, just they someone who's, like, constantly putting just, like, the legends, like, a package together, like, just in case? Well, you know, maybe maybe they're constantly just putting together these packages, and then just, if somebody dies, they can just put in a few clips that's like, oh, and they're dead now? Yeah. Um, cause like, I feel like Terry Funk and Ric Flair, they should have just had like those clips ready a while ago. Oh yeah. I'm sure they had some <laughs> shit ready for Ric Flair when he was in the hospital there. They're like, all right, click together, put some shit together. We don't know whether when Charlotte comes back, it's going to be happy because Flair's okay. Or if it's sad because Flair's dead. <laughs> Did you see his promo when he like told everyone that he was like out of the hospital and doing well? And he had that shirt that was yeah, like, it's just- I'm, I'm not, not dead, dead, motherfuckers. motherfuckers. <laughs> you know, it's, like, the, it's such a Ric Flair thing. I was, was going to say, there's something to be said for Ric Flair, dude. He's kind of a baller. <laughs> like that he can almost die and then come up with a shirt that says, I'm not dead, motherfucker. Dude, all right. Well, because of fucking Ric Flair doing it, like, if if I ever have that, that much of a near-death experience, I'm getting that shirt and I'm taking a picture. Yeah. If I, if I get that close to death and I don't die, I'm saying, fuck you, man. Suck my dick. <laughs> I'm just like Ric Flair. <laughs> I'm like Ric Flair, the nature boy. <gasps> Woo! Yeah. All right. Ready to jump into this week? Oh, dude, I'm so ready. Should we Should we jump into... Um, did you want to talk specific stuff about Raw, or do you just want to go into the No Mercy predictions? Uh, I guess if you had any highlights from Raw if that you wanted to go over. Um, I well, didn't have too much. I had, I had, let's see, I have a couple quick notes because mm-hmm. there was the backstage promo with Jason Jordan and Kurt Angle where, like, Kurt Angle was sort of addressing Jason Jordan's whole, like, you know, you got to keep your anger in check sort of thing and you, know, you got to be able to handle the gossip. I consider it, like, the flaw in Jordan's character so far. Right, it's. I think it's a good flaw in his character, and I thought it was a really good piece of continuity because he was saying that's like, look, like what you you knew to expect this. Like I told you, like this is the sort of thing that's going to happen when yeah. I told everybody that you know you're my son. So it was but, like it made sense. And are you going to go around and fight everybody that says like a bad thing about me? Right. It was like that. That was a really good motivation and a good thing to like bring up because yeah, like you know, it's a it's a made sense as a character flaw. It was great. Uh, and I think it's going to further, I think he is going to kind of keep getting too angry and doing some shit. And that's where the story is going to go is then Kurt being like, like, Jason, what are you doing? Like, stop. And I think his anger is probably going to cost him the IC title. Ooh, maybe you think he's going to beat up Kurt at some point? Get get too angry and turn on his own father. Maybe like backhammer throw him away and he didn't realize it was him. Yeah. I could see that. I could see that. Uh. uh Interesting note is the Nia Jax Alexa Bliss match. Um, kind of felt that it was like kind of thrown away on Raw. Yeah, that wasn't the only thing that the women's division threw away on Raw. They just kind of threw away uh, Bailey's return as well. Yeah, to just and didn't really give it give her much. Yeah, she just she didn't cut any sort of promo. She just come out. She helped two other girls beat up Nia Jax, and then she helped Sasha Banks beat up Alexa Bliss, and then Sasha's music played. And then Sasha's music played. 
in Bailey's hometown. Yeah. And then she's just she's just in the title match. Yeah. I will give her though that at least she got a decent reaction in her own hometown. I was Yeah, thank when, God. When she came out I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was that was scary, but yeah, thank God. We don't maybe maybe that was their thinking is like, you know what, we, we kinda fucked up. We need we need her to come back in her hometown and maybe it's gonna be a while till they're mm-hmm. in San Jose. I don't know. I just I still think it was like a, why are you doing this just now? This is so sudden. Yeah. Like just at least wait until the after the pay per view. Like even the next yeah, night cause... after pay per view. Because like even then it's like I think you should have waited because Asuka's about to be fucking debuting, so yeah, you know, that's gonna be a big deal, and that's gonna overshadow Bailey, unfortunately. I think it's gonna overshadow everybody in that division. Yeah, because guess what? They're actually building up a debut. I know, right? With with vignettes. <laughs> what craziness? Um, and then yeah, I think you know Reigns probably cut one of the better promos of his uh, career so far. It was actually pretty, you know, good. So props to yeah, Reigns for finally it was stepping up. Good. But my problem with it was just, I was, like, tired of the promos of this week. I was like, I just want to see the match. Like, thank God it's this Sunday rather than waiting another week, like, or anything like that. Right. Because I kind of I reached my uh, breaking point with that. Mm-hmm. Ooh, you know what? I guess, um, all right, so should we just go right into the No Mercy predictions? And then we can just, I guess, talk about the angles as we talk about the matches. Sure. Uh. So up first, we have The Miz with his Miztraj versus Jason Jordan uh, for the Intercontinental Championship match. Um, so on top of the angle we talked about with Kurt Angle and Jason Jordan, uh, Jason Jordan ended up winning a, uh, was it a four-way? Six-way. Six-way, yeah. Uh, against Bo Dallas, Curtis Axel, Elias, and the Hardy Boys. Uh, to become the number one contender for the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, that was um, that was something. You know what? Yeah. I I actually there's a weird kind of synergy that I like the fact that he's feuding with the Miz Taraj actually almost more than the Miz because they're both like je- third generation or second generation guys. Mm. So then so it's he like the him actual yeah. generation guys versus the yeah the new second generation guy. You know what? Maybe that could be like a really weird, interesting way they could go with it at some point is that like they join up with Jason Jordan and they form like a new legacy. Like <laughs> turn on the Miz because they realize the Miz is exploiting them. Something like that. Yeah. I would just be afraid of not having a strong leader for that group unless Jordan really steps up. Yeah, that's the that's the fucking issue with that whole pitch. Yeah. Because that could very easily turn into a social outcast 2.0. Oh, God, I forgot about them. <laughs> All right, so we've got Miz versus Jason Jordan. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm definitely taking uh, Miz retaining on this one. Yeah, me too. I, as much as I want to try to differ from you on picks just so we can get like a good competition going, I can't put any reason behind Jason Jordan. So No, take it seriously. Take every prediction Seriously, even if it comes down to one match being different, this is for the how it usually goes for us. This is for the title, baby. The titles, the titles, baby. 
Uh, sorry, we both got Miz for that one because yeah, it's 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 honestly too early to put the Intercontinental title on Jason Jordan, um, mm-hmm. and I think it feeds better into his story to keep coming up short in the big opportunities. Yeah. And they're they're building think, into that he has an anger problem, so that's a very good way to have him lose, you know. Yeah, and it's giving more to his character with the losing, right? Because he builds right. up this anger and this frustration, and you get to see not the smiley, go happy Jason Jordan that we've all been used to so far. Exactly. So yeah, he needs to keep fighting for daddy's affection and uh, come up short on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do we got next? Uh, we've got the women's match. Uh, Alexa Bliss defending her championship in a fatal five-way against Sasha Banks, Bailey, Nia Jax, and Emma. Whew. What do you got for this one? I'm going to go with Nia Jax for this one. Ooh, okay. We're going to differ this one. Okay. All right. You got Nia. Yeah. You're calling new champion. I'm thinking Bliss is going to retain in some sneaky fashion. I think mm. that uh, Naya is probably going to do the uh, fucking up, like she's like that she's going to fuck everybody up, and then mm-hmm. Alexa's going to steal a pin off of Naya. Like not just she's going to pin Naya, uh, she's probably going to pin like Emma or something like that. Oh yeah, that's going to be my my extra bet is that Emma takes the pin. Mm, I I think that Emma's going to take the pin too, so that's not an extra oh, bet then. Yeah. <laughs> I'm almost I'm almost tempted to say it like this could be the beginning of um, a Bailey Sasha feud. Like they kind of take each other out of the equation in this match. Mm, now, do you think that happens with like say maybe like Bailey hits the Bailey to Bella? Well, <laughs> Bailey hits the Bailey to Belly mm. on someone, and then maybe like Sasha goes in and tries to steal the pin, and then Bailey goes like, "What the fuck." Hmm. I don't know, like I I almost imagine it more like a she Bailey to Belly's uh Sasha like through the announce table or something like that or something off the like the entrance ramp. Like some kind of like extreme maneuver that takes them both out. And then mm-hmm. Sasha the next week is gonna be like, What the fuck, Bailey? Like, why'd you do that stupid ass hardcore ass move that took us both out of the match? Like I get you not caring enough about actually winning and losing to take yourself out of the equation, but don't fuck me over. Like, cause I want to win the title. Like, I actually want to be a real champion in this company. Like, that could be the seed of a heel turn. I actually want to be a real champion who, you know, defends her belt. Yeah, who actually can retain her belt. <laughs> um, the It's interesting, though, that you mentioned the hardcore thing, because that kind of ties into the old storyline of Bailey with, wasn't it? It was Alexa Bliss, right? When she uh, challenged her to the, it was the kendo stick match. Yeah. That Bailey wasn't hardcore enough, so it could be like mm. what's driving Bailey is that. Ooh, like, try yeah. And prove that she's she's hardcore. Ooh, yeah. That would be good. That would be really good. That would be like some intelligent long term storytelling. Which means they won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Come on, Joe. You Sorry. know better. You know Sorry better. To slip one by you. You tried to slip one by WWE. Tisk tisk. <laughs> Although you know what, like I gotta say, like you picking Nia does really make sense because like they're gonna give it to her sooner than later. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I think, but I think we both have the idea. It's just how they're gonna go about it. If, just how do they get to this Alexa Nia feud? 
I think well, I think they've the, teased it, but they haven't quite gone through with it. I think the problem is that they want Nia to be a big deal, and they also need and they want Asuka to be a big deal. And Asuka is going to win this title like immediately. And if Nia has it, that's going to fuck her over. So I think they need to keep Nia out of the title. Gotcha. And I think actually like Alexa screwing her so that then when Asuka steals the title off Alexa, because then Alexa can just get knocked out of contention quick. Nia can still focus on Alexa as being like the girl who kind of cost her the title. And like she's just still mad mm-hmm. at her and like have keep developing that as her feud to like see if she can get over his face and stuff while then Asuka can fight off maybe like Sasha and Bailey. Something like that. Yeah. Possibly. But yeah, Bliss retains, I think. Yeah. What do we got next? Uh Neville versus Enzo. For the Cruiserweight Championship. Ooh, baby. I am so excited for this. That now, fucking promo, dude, on 205 Live was the best promo both of those guys have ever cut. I will give you that. Because you had Enzo doing his shtick, but doing it in a little more serious way. Mm-hmm. And you had Neville just continue him being Neville. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you that. But this now has to translate to in the ring, which mm-hmm. we all know Enzo does not do that well. Right. Well, dude, they already they already told you how this match is going to go. In the promo, because like, you know, uh, Enzo kept running his mouth and like getting really real with it, which is, I think, part of why this promo worked so well was both of these guys. Like, it felt like they were just edging up on that fourth wall in the perfect way that this like, in the backstage sort of way, it feels real because Enzo's like, hey, look, I'm the real big superstar. And Neville's like, well, I'm the real fucking wrestler, so fuck you. Like, that doesn't matter. Like, and it's real. Like, it's real on a level because they're competing to be the top guy on 205 Live. And Neville's making the argument of the in-ring work is more important. And Enzo's like, no, it's merch sales and character. So mm-hmm. it's it's in the feud and it's in real life. But when he was running his mouth and Neville said that it's like, you know what? I was going to make this quick but you've pissed me off and now I'm going to make this last longer. Now you know how this match is going to go. Neville is going to fuck with Enzo and just draw it out and like, you know, just keep kicking him while he's down, you know, doing some power moves, maybe throw him into some barricades into the announce table and draw it out. And then Enzo's going to get an opening and turn it the fuck around and win the title. Interesting. So I'm calling it Enzo's winning the Cruiserweight title. In a big ass upset, and people are gonna be pissed. Because if you'll if you'll let me, I'm gonna take the side bet that this is a double turn. Enzo turns heel and Neville turns face. Hmm. I don't think that happens, so yeah, I'll take that bet. Alright. Double but I'm, turn. I'm 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 gonna also think that Enzo wins against my own feelings. So you think Enzo still wins? Yeah. Okay. But I you're not it's... calling a double turn. Yeah. Alrighty. So we can still get a difference on that match. Yeah. So yeah, we've got the uh, the double turn is a side bet. Uh, Alright, that's excellent. Man, because like, I think it's... Dude, the crowd was already starting to boo Enzo. They were starting to cheer Neville when he was talking about how much it's like it's all about the ring, in-ring work and I'm the greatest you know, cruiserweight in the world. And that's what it means when I hold this title. 
And like I'm just they're set to flip that switch. They were right there. And now they just need to do the last step. And they need to do it while there's still a little bit of cheering towards Enzo. Because if he's already getting completely booed, then it's like, well, he's already a heel. You can't turn him. So I think they need to do it right now. Calling it. I'm so excited, dude. I'm so excited. Because then it's like, you know what? I think there's a really good um, rematch, too. Because the next pay-per-view they have for Raw is TLC. So you could have like a ladder match rematch. And I think maybe then you could potentially have Enzo debut some sort of crony or somebody who's helping him to like help him defeat Neville because there's no mm-hmm. way he can beat Neville by himself <laughs> in that situation. Something like that. That could be a potential. Anyway, that's what I got for that. I'm so excited, dude. I'm excited for heel Neville. I'm excited for face or uh, heel Enzo and face Neville. Jesus. <laughs> Can't talk. Too bad it's not going to happen. But on to the next match. Oh, you bitch. <laughs> it's going to happen. You know, uh, if, if I get it wrong, it's only because it doesn't happen Sunday. It's happening. Yeah, that's that's what I'm banking on. <laughs> You're just hoping that they wait until Monday or Tuesday. <laughs> they just do the hints, and then Monday or Tuesday is when they actually go through with it. Mm-hmm. Alright, uh, then we have Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt in a singles match is what's on listed on this card but we all know it's a man versus man match no pain allowed it's a man versus god match joe <laughs> you got it wrong i like how you got kind of got sing song like <laughs> when you're talking like bray what i can't do it anymore yeah. i lost it i lost it already um uh, I really want Wyatt to win this match. But because it doesn't make a difference, though. Balor no, he, already beat him. But he hasn't beat him as Balor. Yeah. He's beat him as the Demon. That's why if Wyatt wins, there's so many interesting things. Like, he would have to be conflicted about becoming the Demon. Because, like, all right, here's my question to you. What the fuck are they going to do with Balor after this? Intercontinental title, maybe? Maybe. Actually, you know what? That's That probably is what they're going to do, aren't they? I mean, I feel like they've been just putting him on the back burner until they've been able to get him back up to some kind of main event. You know what? No, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with it. I think, I think Wyatt's going to win this because like, I was thinking like, if he's going to be building towards Miz, Miz is definitely going to have a Survivor Series match. With the Miz Tourage, there's no way. And... Oh, I don't know because it's like because Finn Balor could get the club involved, I guess. But I was thinking like otherwise he could be against like Jason Jordan in some sort of team angle, or just like he's pissing off Kurt Angle and Kurt Angle just captains a team against the Miz, <laughs> like just the GM versus the Miz. Because I think that's been going pretty well. So yeah. like their kind of chemistry going back and forth, and Jason Jordan would just be on the Kurt Angle team uh, in addition to some other guys. Angle makes him try out for it. Yeah, you know, actually, that'd be fair. Kurt Angle would just hold tryouts for tra- for Team Angle, right? Yeah. Versus Team Miz. And Team, like, Miz could hold tryouts, I guess, if he wanted to. Or auditions. Um, yeah. He would hold auditions. We have Shelton Benjamin back on the roster, too. That's right. Shit, well, the Survivor Series is cross-promotion. Uh, so maybe they could have yeah. effect. They could have fucking Shelton and Chad Gable. Oh, shit, dude. 
this is a fucking good idea. And then have Charlie Howe show up big, like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, they got to do this now. Team Miz versus Team Angle at Survivor Series. Well, I just want the, the vignette of, like, Kurt Angle has a sign-up. It's, like, Team Angle auditions. Mm-hmm. And then have, like, Shelton and Charlie House show up and be like, you're, you're already on, Team Angle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, so we're already on, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Because, like, I think there's so many more interesting things if Wyatt, ha- if Wyatt wins. And there's really nothing better for either of these guys to do. And this has been the better thing for them to do. So I think keep going with this. I think this has been the only thing for these things, these two to do. Um, but I'm going to go with Balor wins. Balor wins for you. All right. Any uh, any extra bets or anything? Nah, not that I can think of. All right. Next. Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins defend their Raw Tag Team Championships against The Bar, Cesaro, and Sheamus. Hmm. Kind of a lackluster build to this one, I gotta say. Yeah, you know what? I think I think they probably hold on to it, though. Um, yeah, and then... I can't see it going back to The Bar so soon, and I, I'm pretty sure Sheamus is leaving for a little bit. Like, is he doing a movie or something? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we'll both go Ambrose and Rollins. And I think, you know what actually would be a cool way to go is uh, you build for TLC, do a ladder match with the Hardys, or TLC, either one. Mm. Or TLC with the Hardys and a third team, if you and if you need to break, do that dynamic. Uh, either break the Hardys or wait, wake them up or something. Make them even more woke. Yeah. Matt Hardy just starts coming out and like uh, talking about like social justice issues and... Uh, oh, gender identity politics God. and I stuff like that. Fucking love that. That'd be funny as shit, especially if he did it like a heel gimmick, like he was over obnoxious with it. Yeah, as the like broken Matt character just doing that. Like, all right, so like the interest, like you know, and coming down to the ring, Matt Hardy, and he is weighing it. It's like, uh, excuse me, Mister Announcer, sir. Uh, I don't identify as male. Uh, mm-hmm. today I identify as an elephant guru. I was talking to George Washington, my giraffe friend, and I discovered that I, in fact, was an elephant. So please redo my introduction. Reintroducing, like, woke Matt Hardy, the elephant, weighing it, like, you know, just like some sort of shit like that. That's that we do not identify by weight. That is prejudicial. (laughs) Like, it just keeps correcting him. Yep. Oh, my God. That's brilliant as fuck. All right. They got to take that shit to the next level. Woke Matt Hardy. Uh, uh, and then we have John Cena versus Roman Reigns I mean Reigns is winning right right yeah (laughs) sorry John yeah go go do your Bumblebee movie and then come back yeah come back all butthurt and sad and fight Reigns again yeah after Reigns stomps your ass into the ground Although, question about this one. Uh, does uh, does this main event the show? Or uh, Strowman and uh, Lesnar? Uh, I think Strowman and Lesnar have the little bit of the edge to, to main event. I mean, because I'm, I'm, I'm such a proponent for the title main eventing, so I kind of yeah. agree with you. But at the same time, it's like this is, this is one of those ones where I could see them putting this as the main event. Yeah, because, I mean, you got Cena and the guy they're trying to... Rep- 
like replace Cena. So yeah, this is the the torch passing match. Yeah, and this is one where they're actually going to pass the torch. Because uh, sorry, Strowman, but even though I would really love for you to win the title here, you're not gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Lesnar for that one too. Yeah, Lesnar's keeping the all universal title. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I think Strowman's gonna be fine. Like they've been booking him pretty fucking well so far, even in the times that he's that, that's lost. The reason so. I think Lesnar's retaining is that he's dominated Lesnar this whole time in the build up. Yeah. He even said it in, a, in the promo this week. Mm-hmm. He's like, I, every time you've come out there, I've destroyed you. Because like, you know, that would be just so goddamn interesting if then he didn't actually just beat him. Because then it's like, oh, I legitimately like, what the fuck is Lesnar going to do? Like, Strowman beats him every time. And now has taken the title. So like, if Lesnar doesn't win this time, that's it. Like, in the rematch. Yeah. So... I, I would be way more interested with Strowman winning, but uh, yeah, he's not gonna. <laughs> so that's that's the whole card. Uh, yeah, seven matches. Wow. Huh, they <laughs> this actually might like actually just go three hours. Yeah, like this is okay. This is actually like a correct number of matches, I would say. <laughs> if anything, maybe one more on the pre-show, something like that. Yeah, they might throw something if they need If they need something to fill time. I don't know, maybe uh, Elias will be out there for some reason. I could see that sing. shit happening. Yeah, doing his guitar thing. Um, but yeah, alright. So it comes it down to the, uh, whether... All right, it comes down to the women's title match. Yep. Whether Enzo and Neville do a double turn. Yeah. The Wyatt Balor match. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's those three. It's those three points. <laughs> three out of seven. Wow. Never have those things been so goddamn important. Balor versus <laughs> Wyatt, the Cruiserweight title match, and the women's title match. <laughs> these <laughs> these are the three would decide our fate. These are the things that decide the Super Smart Brothers title. Uh. Titles. Uh, wow. All right. Going down. Just saying. All right. On the uh. SmackDown. I'm a little bit nervous now. No, I'm not. I'm confident. You should be. I'm you confident. should be. You know what? I'm more confident in that than uh, I think anybody is after the Jinder Mahal promo mm. um, that got super reacted to. I, in, in my opinion, Mainstream for reaction no too. reason. This shit is so stupid. <laughs> I mean, I think the problem the problem is not that like he made a joke that everyone's made in their life ever. Like, I don't want to hear a single person that's never like laughed at like, what, what what's the movie? Christmas story. Mm-hmm. When the, they're singing the fa ra 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 ra. Like if you've laughed at that, mm-hmm. you can't have a problem with this. Right. It's like, it's not a fucking big deal. But the problem is, is he just did it horribly. Well, it's like, I mean, yeah, the real problem is just that like this, Promo, like most of Jinder Mahal's pro, well, actually, I'm just gonna go ahead and say all of Jinder Mahal's promos have been kind of shitty, mm-hmm. like just because they're just not well written, and you know, this exactly. is like they're just they're trying to go for like the low common fruit of like we're just gonna make weird racist jokes, and the problem is not that they're too racist, it's just that they're lazy and just not funny or interesting or 
Like, not even really hate-inspiring for me. Like, I almost wish that I thought that they were as racist as these other people think they are. Because then I'd be like, fuck Jinder Mahal! Shinsuke Nakamura, kick his fucking ass! Like, I almost wish I was enraged. Like, I, I, but I don't, like, do you understand why these people are so fucking pissed? Uh, I think it's just political correctness. It's ridiculous, because, like, oh yeah, what were the, like, the three things he did? Like, he, he had, like, the pictures of just, like, his face, he was making fun of his face. And then the Mr. The, Miyagi joke. I, you know, I actually thought the Mr. Miyagi joke was kind of funny. They all rooked the same. Yeah, they rooked the same? Yeah. And then Mr. Miyagi, because then after the Mr. Miyagi is when they were chanting, that's too far. Yeah. Like, oh, is the Mr. Miyagi that they were chanting this is too far? Yeah, that's when they started chanting that's too far. I think it was when they rooked the same was when I, a few people were just like, that's racist. But yeah, then after they did the Mr. Miyagi, like the wax on, wax off thing, that's when they said that's too far. That's too far. I don't believe it. I don't believe it even for half a second that anybody was <laughs> oh, legitimately hold on. offended. Can we think about that for a second? A wrestling crowd saying that's too far. Yeah. Yeah, go fuck yourselves. You you guys tell the wrestlers to regularly go fuck themselves. <laughs> like, I think I think it's actually a a great ingenious conspiracy to finally get them to stop doing this stupid shit with Jinder Mahal by getting them in trouble with the mainstream media because we're just like, all right, this angle is so shitty. It needs to be done. Us just sitting on our hands and knees and looking at our phones. Apparently isn't ending it. The Indian market not really. Um, actually, did you know that the Indian market subscribers has actually gone down? Really? Yeah, since Jinder Mahal has been champion. Just because also <laughs> subscribers has been kind of been going down since Jinder has been champion. <laughs> Some YouTube views have been up, I think, a little bit. Right, that like that's, that's the uh, stat I heard. But it's not translating to fucking dollars. So, which is what you want it to do. And you know what? I think I think that combined with the fact that like this is getting the negative attention. WWE is so image sensitive. They are like at Hell in a Cell, they're dropping the title off of uh, Gender. They're done. I think they're finally yeah. just like fuck it. It's not working. Or it's like, and I, or I guess they they can't admit it's not working, right? It's just that it's like, oh shit, you got negative attention. It's your fault. You know that's the problem. Now they're gonna blame Gender. Even though this was creative's fault. <laughs> I think it's everybody's fault. So. Although, yeah, Ginger's not really. He, he's not that great either, so I guess yeah. I shouldn't defend him that much. But, yeah. Uh, um, but I, on the other side of the coin for promos, I thought Shane McMahon had a great promo to start the show. Yeah, Shane did really well. He was on point. Fucking put over Kevin Owens, I think, pretty well because he was so serious. Yeah, I think that's that's where he did it really well. Is like I can't remember a time that I've seen Shane like super serious like that, and me like I, I've never been like a fan of it. I guess I'll say, but this time I thought everything clicked. Hmm. Well, I think that the the piece that this was missing was the when he beat up Vince, because up until then it was like okay, you know, he's been shitty and he's um, been rude. But even like the him saying that it's like you'd be better off dead and your kids be better off dead, it's like that still kind of felt weak to me as fuel for the feud. Mm-hmm. But him beating up Vince was like okay, this finally gave him the motivation. And then you see it now in Shane, and that he's performing a lot better, and he was really good in this promo. 
very driven, very like, I am going to beat the fuck out of you because you beat up my dad. And like, even uh, what could come off as a very corny line of saying, I'm condemning you to hell in a cell, mm-hmm. like, came off really well. Yes. Yeah, so what did you think of Kevin Owens' follow up line later of the, like, the people like me go to heaven thing? So fucking good. His whole thing was fantastic, by the way. Being in a suit, being, hold on. Let's think about this, just the logic of they kept them kayfabe style, but they kept them separate. Mm-hmm. They said, we have Shane in the building, we have Owens live on satellite. Perfect explanation for why these two aren't trying to find each other backstage. Yeah, actually, you know what, I, I think it'd be really smart to basically keep this up. Like, I don't know if Owens should, maybe one more time between now and Hell in a Cell, he could be in the building. But, like, he would mm-hmm. have to be, like, escorted by tons of security or something. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Owens should not have another match until Hell in a Cell. He should just be doing like via satellite promos and shit like that. Exactly, and he would be that would be fine. And he's that would so entertaining at them. And it would it would help because if they sell it correctly of saying that he's too dangerous to be in the building, like we don't trust him to be in here because Vince or because Shane is here and stuff like that. That would help sell the thing even more, even more than him doing any match could right now. Yeah, even and just use the ex- the explanation. We don't want him harming like any performers, right? That's the other thing too, right? Is referencing his kind of erratic behavior and being like, you know, he even if he can't get the Shane, he might attack somebody else. Exactly. Which is kind of where uh, they're they're kind of having to address things with Baron Corbin now too, because he's been so erratic, and now he's involved with this three when he's pissed off both Styles and Dillinger. Which, that was another great segment. That's a, mm-hmm. SmackDown was so good this week. It was so good. And even that had, like, great interconnections, too, because, like, AJ just dropped that little tiny bit of interconnection of saying that's like, look, Owens, you're fucking screwed, dude. I fought Shane, and I know he's going to kick your ass. Like, great little interconnection, referencing the past, continuity. (gasps) Setting up for the future, though, I think is definitely the the point of that. Mm Mm-hmm. So. But, yeah, then we've got this developing three. I'm so glad that Dillinger is still involved in this feud. When he came out, I popped. Yeah. And crowd did too. Yeah. Crowd likes Dillinger, dude. You know, the only fucking other person they really need to be doing something with really bad right now if they aren't is Zane. Like, yeah. Come on. What are you doing? And Daniel Bryan gave an interview saying as much. Yeah, he did mention that, right? Um, what else is opposite? Oh, yeah. All, another good thing on SmackDown, too, which is kind of a small thing, was after Hype Bros lost their match with the New Day. And they were in that backstage promo. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, uh, uh, Mojo Raleigh was like kind of spacing out and like just free, like not like he's ever been before. Like he was just kind of like off his kilter. And yeah. saying to Ryder's like, we got to do something drastic. So, and Zach just nodded. Mm-hmm. So I guess they're going to try and turn heel together? Possibly. That's a, uh, I don't know. It's interesting. What do you think is going to happen there? It'll be an interesting test for Mojo. Uh, Zach, I think, could pull it off. Because mm-hmm. with the hints that he's given and stuff, I think it'll be good. I think it'll be great for his character mm-hmm. uh, to give a change. Just Mojo, he's going to be the test. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be... It's going to be... It's going to be hard, at least, especially because... I feel like the type of heel that would really work for him is being very annoying heel because he seems like the kind of guy that could get very annoying with his like over hyperness. But that doesn't seem to be the way they're going maybe for the heel gimmick. 
they seemed like they're like, all right, we got to get serious. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know if maybe he can't, I don't know if he can pull off serious. We'll see though, I guess. We shall. And then we got uh, uh, Charlotte becoming the number one contender for the women's title. Yeah, I thought that whole buildup was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, you had her returning, kind of explaining where she's been and stuff. Then you had each person come out and give a pretty good uh, promo as to why they should be going for the title. Because um, it's kind of been up in the air. And so uh, then you have this number one contenders match with Charlotte coming out of it. Yeah, nice little way to kind of like capstone on the whole uh, good feeling of Rick getting out of the surgery and you know on the road to recovery, and now Charlotte is set to face Natalia. And those two have a lot of good chemistry, so I'm excited to see because uh, we still got several weeks to build up this feud. Yeah, and uh, I hope they bring like bring out highlights of the uh, NXT match there. I think so. Yeah, they'll they'll probably reference their like matches in the past because they've churned out a lot of good matches, especially because. Rick was involved in that one. That's right. You're right. That was Rick back when, uh, yeah, Rick was uh, managing Charlotte, and yeah, Brett came down the one time. Hmm. Maybe they get those involved again at some point. Like, if especially if this goes all the way to like, say, Survivor Series. Yeah, I could see that. I heard an interesting uh, opinion on Bret Hart uh, recently. It was on Eric Bischoff's podcast, mm-hmm. and his co-host asked him about. Bret Hart was critical of someone. Isn't he critical, um, like, of goddamn everybody? <laughs> that's, that's exactly what Bischoff said. He's like, he's like, I feel like Bret always has to be mad at someone. <laughs> There's even a fucking, like, wrestling me about that, of him saying that things are 4 out of 10. <laughs> yeah. But it, and he, he pointed out, he's like, he's like, yeah, he uh, loved Vince, then he's mad at Vince, but then he loves Vince again. He's like, he uh, loved me, then he hated me, and now he's okay with me again. And just pointed out all the times, like, Brett has flip-flop on people. He's a politician. He's the politician of wrestling. Yeah. And flip-flops. That's what I've always said. In in the Brett versus Sean feud, I've, I was always a fan of Sean. Well, because, I mean, Sean's your fucking favorite wrestler, dude. Yeah, but, like, even before... Like, as I was going back and watching, like... Uh, old matches and things like that mm-hmm. and just I guess reading up on the backstories too I just hated how Brett yeah, that's the perfect word Brett politicized everything mm-hmm. like I had no sympathy for him for the uh, screw job yeah like, I... anytime people are like oh he got screwed I'm like yeah yeah he should have been <laughs> <laughs> trying to fuck over the business exactly yeah uh Selfish brick. <laughs> Sometimes. Um, but you know who else is a fucking selfish brick? Drew Gulak. Yeah, he is one of many. <laughs> uh, and actually, I thought he was great on commentary on 205 Live, I gotta say. Yeah, he is a possible... If uh, Once his in-ring days are over, he could definitely be a great commentary. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like I th- he's got a really good mind for like connecting a lot of the dots and like connecting the show and make it make sense and explain character motivations. Like he was doing a good job. Like it was very limited, uh, but it was good. Yeah, because the match that he was uh, commenting on wasn't um, that long. Tazawa didn't take that long to beat. Um, oh shit, who the fuck? Did- Noam Dar. 
That was who we fought. No, I'm dark. Um, but then, yeah, also on 205 Live, we got uh, Gallagher explaining his heel turn. What did you think of that little yes. promo there with Kendrick? Loved it. It was. It made so much goddamn it's, sense. It's like, he's like, I'd rather be, you know, winner than be nice, because apparently you can't be both. And Kendrick showed me that if I'm just going to be nice, then I'm going to be a joke. It was a great explanation, and it just adds a nice little ambiance or something to his to his character mm-hmm. one it's it's interesting too because like he's taken it up as a sort of crusade because he said that he's now going after alexander and he's trying to convince him of the same truth that he's learned and that's why he's with kendrick is because he's gratitude he's the grateful that he has learned this lesson yeah so you have to be an asshole trying... to get ahead in the business so he's basically a jehovah's witness yeah, exactly. Like he's he's converted to like this dark religion, and he wants to convert other people because he thinks it's good for them. Yeah, and the only way to convert them is to beat it in their head, <laughs> like Jehovah's Witness. Like no, Jehovah's just... Witness. <laughs> he's a he's a Gallagher's witness, or no, yeah. he's a Kendrick's witness. Oh, what if Kendrick started like the Church of Kendrick or something? <laughs> I will teach you about winning. It'd be the Church of Kendrick. Like with the Brian Kendrick. <laughs> I'm a devotee of the Church of Kendrick. The Church of Latter-day Kendrick. <laughs> the Latter-day Kendrickites or something. And we're supposed to always have a plan. And where do we get that plan? From the man with the plan. He shall tell us what the plan is. We shall Amen. execute. Amen. <laughs> oh my God, the Church of Kendrick, I love it. And yeah, and then Jack Gallagher is his first disciple. Mm. Or it could be like a you. You could almost combine it with like Fight Club, like some of that because that was very religious. The first rule of the Church of Kendrick is don't talk about the Church. <laughs> The first rule of the Church of Kendrick is you always must refer to it as the Church of Kendrick. <laughs> the second rule of the Church of Kendrick is you don't must talk about. Is to, do not talk about the Church of Kendrick. <laughs> only Matt, only the Brian Kendrick can talk about the Church of Kendrick. <laughs> yep. Oh my gosh, they could do so many things with this. WWE, here you go. Another another present to you, the Church of Kendrick. <laughs> The Church of Kendrick. We just we are. Well, you know what? They've taken some of them, like uh, Alexa Bliss riding around in Nia Jax. That was a well-known theft, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm glad they took it. So here's another one to you. Yeah. And anything else so far in this podcast we've said that was a good idea, feel free to take those too. But not the ones that was a bad idea. Don't do those. Like, Bad, for example, Bad. don't let Balor beat Wyatt. Let Wyatt beat <laughs> Balor. And let Balor be confused about whether he should be the demon or not. And then maybe turn no. heel. No, see, now don't listen to my co-host. <laughs> listen to me. No, no, WWE. Come here. Come here, boy. Listen to me. Let Wyatt win this match. He has severe need of this win. I've got a nice, juicy steak over here. No, 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 no. <laughs> No, that's a bad steak. Don't listen to him. Don't go to him. Vince, no. 
No, don't go near the pictures of the naked male models. No. <laughs> I know they're posing and flexing with their big muscles. No. Come back here. Look. I have a picture of Cena. <gasps> Cena. Oh, John Cena. <laughs> and Roman Reigns. <gasps> oh, they're kissing. Come to my side. <laughs> that's that's the secret. All right, I have the, the super extra side bet. Uh, the Reigns and Cena ends with them just making out in the ring. <laughs> In a no contest, because the ref is just confused. And then he uh, he goes and pulls out a condom and starts offering it to them. Be like, eh? Oh my God. <laughs> and they both slap it away. They're like, nah. And then, yeah, it's, Rain's like, nah, I raw dog this bitch. <laughs> uh, should I stop? Or should I keep going? <laughs> He's like, good thing my zipper's already broken. <laughs> God damn. Oh my god, there we go, the secret ending to No Mercy. That's why it has to be the main event, because you have to fade to black right as Reigns penetrates into Cena's ass. The fuck? <laughs> How do you like them apples, Joe? So two of five live. Yeah, what about two of five live, huh? Uh, Enzo TJP. and Neville. Oh, we already talked about Enzo and Neville. What about TJP uh, snapping on Rich Swan and ripping out his hair? And acting like an asshole, like a little shit. Well, that's what TJP does. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. We need to see more of this. Because, like, when he's. When he does that, like, little. Like, smile. When he's, like, laughing kind of giddily and, like, kicking him in the head and just being a little shit. Like, I think that's him at his best. Mm hmm. It's like he's an annoying little fuck. Right? Like, isn't that kind of his heel character, in a way? Yeah, pretty much. That's that's how his character's, like, always been. He's just, like, raised to lower the level, so to speak. <laughs> totally. Um, uh, okay, so on to NXT. Yes. We had, uh, oh, a great interaction between the Velveteen Dream and Alistair Black. Very unexpected. Yeah. Uh, I thought Alistair Black would just destroy him, but you actually had Velveteen Dream stand up to him, and the crowd react in a positive way for it. Totally. Well, Alistair Black was so fucking badass with just kicking the microphone out of his hands. Yeah. That was such an excellent move for him because it shows that it's like, look, I could have knocked you out, but I decided not to. And I'm just telling you to shut the fuck up and leave. And I'm just going to sit in the ring now. Yep. And I'm just chill. Leave. And I thought, too, like, Velvet, because then Velveteen pushed the envelope a little bit. Like, he got right up in his face and then left. Like, he's still back down. So, I don't know. There's, like, I, I have some, like, weird faith in this for some reason. I think I have a lot of faith in Aleister Black. And just NXT in general. So, like... Mm. This this kind of came out of nowhere, and I'm I'm kind of excited to see where it goes. Yeah, should be good. And also, um, like the other thing that's kind of understated is that Patrick Clark, the guy who's playing Velveteen Dream, like he's a fucking really good wrestler too. Yeah, like, I mean we've seen his stuff before, so yeah, like he's an excellent in ring performer. So I'm excited for like the actual match too between these two guys. Hmm. Um, and then we had. 
the in-ring debut of the tag team of Undisputed with Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly taking on Mustache Mountain, Trent Seven and Tyler Bate. I think, is this the first time that those... Oh, wait, no. Mustache Mountain did team up before, but yes. this is another good time of them teaming up. So I'm excited to see them do that more. Yeah, Maybe, uh, maybe at some point actually challenge for uh, some tag team titles. I mean, this match could have been for the tag team titles because it's really good. This um, was a good match. But then the afterwards is what really stole the show, which was uh, Undisputed winning um, mm-hmm. and celebrating, but then it's cut off by McIntyre. They go to leave the crowd, but then Sanity stops them, mm-hmm. uh, sends them back into the ring, and finally the NXT guys get an upper hand on Undisputed. While they get, uh, they finally get out of the arena. So thought it was a great ending to it. Yeah, it was really good because I, I I like when they actually switch up the storytelling because like you know one of the things we didn't actually talk about from this week on uh, SmackDown because it was the same as the last two fucking weeks is Dolph Ziggler's just doing the same goddamn thing every week. Oh my god! But like with this, this was something new because like all right, Undisputed's gotten up a hand a little bit, but now the NXT guys are smart enough that it's like fuck you guys, we're getting you back. Yeah, and I'm like, it's it's not that we're saying that you can't do the same thing like maybe two weeks in a row, mm-hmm. but three to four weeks in a row doing the same thing is going to get pretty goddamn annoying, which is the problem I'm having right now with Ziggler's character. Right. But then this week, yeah, you threw in that wrench, which was perfect. Right, so this is perfect. And then it opens up the door, I think, definitely for a four-on-four tag match, which is going to mean that Undisputed's going to have to recruit somebody. And I think that somebody is Roderick Strong. I absolutely fucking agree. Especially because and, with the timing of it, uh, Roderick Strong's getting that title match next. Yeah. So he can lose, get frustrated, and then uh, join up with Undisputed after maybe some honeyed words from Adam Cole. Or even he'd like secretly been with them the whole time or something like that. Ooh, um, like kind of uh, open the door for him? Yeah. That could That could be. I could see that. Hmm. Although I don't know, I, th- I think it would actually be interesting because I I love it when guys get seduced into the dark side by somebody else. So I would like to see Adam Cole kind of seduce him into it, like that he was legitimately who he was before. And yep, and then like out of desperation, he's like, "Finally, yeah. I'll sell my soul to the devil of Adam Cole to advance my NXT career here." Mm-hmm. Because it's like that's that's what I want to see happen with Balor and Wyatt too. I want to see Balor embrace the demon. I love it when people heal. Tr- it's so good. Like, the heel, like I, like when fucking Ambrose turns heel on Seth Rollins, I'm gonna be excited for that shit. When Enzo turns heel this Sunday on Neville, I'm gonna be fucking excited about that. Not gonna happen on Sunday. <laughs> Definitely happening on Sunday. Um, but next week we have the beginnings of Ultima Lucha Tres. Yes. Which is uh, going to be four weeks long. Four weeks long. Uh, which, yeah, is like, you know, you know, proper, like, big WWE pay-per-view. Like, WrestleMania is like a four-hour thing. So, yeah, Ultima Lucha Trace, four hours. But broken up, so very nice. Yeah, so uh, we got we got some, like, guesswork, essentially, as to the card. Because I think we have most of what the matches are. But there's not an official card that we could find anywhere. Yeah. So, bad on you, Lucha Underground. You should have an official card out there. It's less than a week away. Come on. But, like, at least a card of what's going on next week, right? Like, 
Yeah. But I think they should have the whole thing. You know, just yeah. to fully advertise that, like, the coming weeks and stuff like that. Or at least, you know, give us, like, what it's advertised for for now, like, even if they're going to do some of, like, storyline changes along the way. Mm-hmm. Because I could see that happening, but... Let's see. Let's run down what we kind of think is definitely happening in there. Like, all right, one match that I definitely know is happening because it was set up on, like, I think the first episode of the season was uh, Ivelisse versus um, Katrina. Yeah. Wow. I almost forgot about that one. Yeah. And I think Ivelisse wins that for sure. Because, like, same here. The whole thing was, like, she's going after the whole, like, trying to beat her, uh, un- like, losing streak against Katrina because Katrina's been responsible for both of those losses. So it'll be a good, good little face win there. Give you at least mm-hmm. the win. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We also have announced definitely for sure there's the gauntlet match, which is for a gauntlet, not necessarily a gauntlet uh, format uh, match. Uh, between Cage, Mil Muertes, and Jeremiah Crane. What do you think comes out of this one? Gotta be either like Cage or Muertes, right? I, I think it's got it. I think it's Cage, for sure. Um, because Mil Muertes and Crane ha- have a little bit more of their own beef because they are more involved with Katrina. I think they've got a side story, and because in the promo they just had where um, Dario was saying something along the lines of like, "Well, Cage's still resisting the power of the Gauntlet, and like if he if he wins the match, then you can come personally to fight him." I think that's the foreshadowing for Cage is going to win, and then this new guy is going to get introduced. Maybe, I guess, next season to fight Cage. If there is a season four. (laughs) Hopefully. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's that's my prediction. Cage is going to win that match, I think. Um, Let's see. What else is there? I think there's um, Taya versus Sexy Star in a last luchador standing. I believe that's a match. Um... I would imagine I'm Sexy Star is winning for Taya. Well, yeah, I'm rooting for Taya too, but I think Sexy Star is probably going to win because this was back before shit happened yeah. with her. So I'm sure Sexy Star will probably win. <laughs> Plus, I also don't know the future of Taya and like Mundo with the company. Yeah, I don't know how much they can balance uh, being on like GFW or other TV shows and stuff like that. Uh, so. It's back to Impact now. I would keep I would... up with the. Is it seriously back to Impact now? Yep. What the fuck? Oh, is that because they got rid of Jarrett and they got rid of GFW with him? Yep. Yeah. Well, all right. That's probably for the best then, I guess. So each week we will update you on the name change of... No, we won't. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Don't get the no fans of that show up. They're all their hype up. Um, What else is there? There's uh, Phoenix versus... Marty the Moth in a mask versus hair match. I think obviously Phoenix wins, right? Yeah. Bye bye Marty the Moth's hair. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. We got Pentagon versus Son of Havoc in a ladder match for the Gift of the Gods title. Gotta I think be Pentagon, right? I was gonna say Pentagon. For sure. And I like Son of Madness is probably just get involved. You know, mm-hmm. so I think Pentagon. And maybe sure they wins. can. Maybe that spins off into like a match in one of the later episodes of the 
Mm-hmm. Maybe like a Biker Brawl 2 or something like that? Yeah. Because they kind of already blew their load with that, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, let's see. Another grudge match kind of like that, as far as like a duplicate fighting itself, is uh, Killshot fighting Dante Fox. Yeah, they've got to finish up this feud. Yeah. Which is kind of like, it's been like, I would say, quietly going on in the background of this yeah, season. It's, it's been going on the entire season. Yeah. Um, I think Killshot wins this, right? Yeah. I feel like you could kind of go either way, though. Or it could even go to like a draw, like some sort of crazy draw. But Yeah, and then they just like... I don't like they hug afterwards or something. The... Was that? Or maybe they hug afterwards. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Some kind of like reconciliation. Or maybe no, this this is the match that ends with butt sex. Afterwards, <laughs> where they're hugging, then they're like, you know, broke back mountain, they start like, you know, kissing, and then they start undressing each other a little bit, and then the ref starts to hand them a condom, and then they kick that shit away, and they're like, nah man, gonna raw dog this shit. <laughs> Good thing neither of us have zippers to take care of. <laughs> <laughs> don't you like how every every wrestling pay-per-view is just going to end with surprise butt sex yeah <laughs> and i'm noticing a theme it's it's a strong theme man it's going to happen you know wwe has been talking about how they were going to have more homosexual characters and storylines this is it this is where it starts and lucha underground is already ahead of the curve because this was taped a year ago i can't wait until you get hired by WWE, and then <laughs> you suggest that, and they're just like, nope, never mind, you're fired. Like, yeah, you're fired, sorry. <laughs> we made a horrible mistake. <laughs> that like would, you when know, they hired the... That'd be a great way to get fired, because then with the PC culture, I could just sue them. It was like, I pitched a character where there was gay in it, and they didn't like it, so therefore they didn't like it for a discriminatory reason, so they have to pay me now, because uh, they've uh, microaggressed against me. And I'm, <laughs> I'm very, I'm, I'm injured in my psyche. Uh, I need therapy after all this, and uh, I'm sad. And it's their fault, and they have to pay me. That's but how you I, do it nowadays. That's weakness wins court battles. Weakness, it, like it's, it's disgusting. I won't get into it. I could, I could do a whole another fucking podcast of just me being angry about how weakness wins shit. In this modern <laughs> world, I hate it so much. Um, anyway, more Ultima Lucha Tres, which actually is probably not too much more, right? Um, uh, you got the what's the title match going to be? Well, I oh, I think there's got to be a trios title match, right? It's oh kinda, right. So I maybe they're going to do like the Rabbit Tribe versus the Lizards because I don't really know maybe what other trios team there would be. Worldwide right? Underground. Maybe because like if Jack if Jack Evans was healthy, maybe he could do a match. Yeah, um, but he's been injured like all season, so I don't, or you know I guess if they reinstated Ricky Mundo, maybe if Taya wanted to pull double duty, you could do like Taya, uh, PJ Black, and Ricky Mundo. Yeah, but I don't know. We'll see. It's I, clearly it's not going to be a priority. Um, it'll probably just be a quick little match. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to remember if there's any. You know, there might do. I could see them doing like Matanza and Ray again. That's what I was gonna say. Like, that's the match I thought was gonna be at Ultima Lucha Trace, and then they had it last week. Ooh, or like, or if they're gonna do um, 
is Azteca Jr. Does he have a match? Maybe like Azteca could like step no. up and raise place Ooh. and try to challenge uh, Matanza. Revenge for his mentor. Mm-hmm. I could see that. So maybe something like that. Um, but otherwise, then yeah, I think we've got basically just the uh, the title match then of um, Puma versus Mundo. Sure. Which I think Mundo retains. Yeah, I think so too. Because like, and I mean, a lot of that is just based on the the contract information of like, it sounds like, you know, Puma was out of the door and that Ricochet's probably going to be uh, in WWE once he can, right? Like once uh, TV rights say that he can be on WWE TV. Yeah. As soon as the last episode of the season airs. Mm-hmm. So good to go. do you think he goes down to NXT or do you think he would be a guy that would just like all of a sudden appear on like two or five live? I think he would go down to NXT. I think so too, the... but at the same time, like NXT is fairly crowded right now with like all the undisputed guys, and then you've got Alistair Black down there, you've got uh Ono, you've got Hideo Itami, you've got you know you like Roderick Strong, uh Drew McIntyre, you've got you've got like even like Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Champ is gonna come back. Like if they really wanted to do something crazy, they could do something like if they because if if they were just like fuck Enzo, we don't want to do the Enzo thing. If they wanted to keep Neville and then come up with like a crazy new program for Neville, have Ricochet come out of nowhere and then challenge Neville. That could be crazy. Mm. That could actually work because I think they worked on the indies together. Mm-hmm. Well, and because like uh, the last episode of Lucha Underground, I think I was looking at the schedule, is going to be airing in the mid to end of October. So Survivor Series is like in November. Maybe they could build towards a cruiserweight title match between Ricochet and uh, Neville at Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. Or whatever the fuck his WWE name would be. Maybe uh, Prince Ricochet Puma. Or Prince Pumachet. There you go. That's how you, <laughs> That's how you do it. Any thoughts on, uh, well, you know what? I don't know. How do you think, uh, Ricochet would do in WWE? I think if he started off in NXT, he would do better. Cause I think the, a big problem for him is I don't really think he can cut a promo very much. Can he? Yeah. So that's why I'm thinking NXT first, give him time to spend more time on the center and get some like acting classes in. Mm hmm. That makes sense. I would totally yeah. go for that. All Maybe right. have him. He could have a good match with Almas too. I'd like to see that. Mm, that would be a good one. I'm all right. about, he, does he live in Britain at all, or does he just wrestle a lot in Britain? I think he just wrestles a lot. I think he lives in LA. Okay. Because like. I guess it's like, how would you depend, um, like, if somebody decided to live in Britain, would they be able to fight for the UK title? Or do they have to have been born in England or somewhere in the UK? I don't know. I don't think they ever laid out the rules for it. Because that could be an interesting thing. Like, maybe they could somehow make him a challenger for Pete Dunne. I'd like to see Ricochet and Pete Dunne. That'd be a good match. That'd be a good match. (laughs) You sound like you're fading away. I am. I'm so exhausted. 
All right, well, All right. Let's, let's end it on uh, the uh, question just to kind of wrap up our thoughts on the pay-per-view. What is the match you were looking forward to most for Sunday? Oh, Lesnar-Stroman. Lesnar-Stroman. Just because it's the big man versus the big man? Yeah, and the build-up has been pretty good with uh, Heyman cutting the promo and Braun just dominating Lesnar. Well, you know what Braun's ultimate goal is, right? Oh, God damn it. <laughs> I think you know. <laughs> I'll spare you the details then. <laughs> Thank I'll you. Be, I'll be merciful this time because I'm going to have no mercy on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> see what you did there. Uh, what about you? Uh, my match is going to. My favorite is definitely Enzo versus Neville. Especially because I'm so goddamn invested in the double turn now. Even though you're wrong. Not wrong. Uh, and you can see how wrong Newman is uh, if you watch No Mercy on Sunday. Uh, since we'll be together, we could probably live tweet. Yeah, yeah, we uh, can do experiments of that. And you can catch all that on uh, Facebook, Super Smart Brothers, Twitter, at Smart Brothers. And shoot us emails at supersmartbrothers at gmail.com. And rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, and our original home of Podney. Peace out, motherfuckers. I'll see you on Sunday. No mercy.